If you enjoy the virtual ocean, consider donating to us. We are dollar sign the virtual ocean on Cash App, and any donation will get your name and message read at the end of the show. Disclaimer: All music streamed on this podcast is protected by Section 108 of the U.S. Copyright Act, which states that copyrighted work reproduced for purposes of criticism and comment are not an infringement of copyright. But with that being said, let's set sail on the virtual ocean. Let me welcome you to the show. Show, 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 show.
Welcome to episode 76 of The Virtual Ocean. Today, we are listening to Plesia Chameleons, um, which translates to Chameleonic uh, Pleasures by Fan Fiordo. He is a Argentinian, um, I think Argentinian producer living in France, signed to the Underwater Computing uh, music label. Uh, which is a lot of ambient tech, new age, cosmopolitan, cosmopolitan samples. And those first two tracks were titled Cotes and La Mantine. Um, and I have yet to look up the translations for those. So if you know French, then you know what it is. If you don't, um, give me seconds to like translate these uh, later on. But I'll, I'll get to that in a second. Uh, just a little more about Fan Fiordo. Um, he is uh, very interested in the, the nostalgic sounds, as you can tell by these first two tracks they sound very lush it sounds like a a digital landscape of wildlife and the it is very organic in the way it has this ambiance of a jungle of leaves and waters and animals and reptiles and um that's what i get when i listen to these tracks and um fiordo is um notable for his age synthesizers that he uses the yamaha dx7 the roland d50 the Korg m1 and the casio c71 and according to his bio on his spotify they are to evoke younger memories of a digital era his unsampled compositions fuel a popish undertone and a futuristic rs worlds autonomously showing off an ambivalent spirit in accordance to the ever-changing internet rhetoric beautiful beautiful bio i love when artists can describe their work in a way that is intentional right that is uh trying to latch on to the current uh, zeitgeist of the music landscape in particular with the vaporwave landscape so uh very cool stuff um what did you think about those two tracks bandon uh super interesting uh, i i imagine something very much like a like you're kind of walking through like a very open castle sort of, as you said, kind of in the jungle type of setting. Mm-hmm. Everything's very bright made of gold and it's, it's, you know, the sun never shines and it's the, or so, the sun never goes down type of thing. And everything is just very luxurious feeling. So, um, uh, you know, with the title being chameleonic pleasures, I'm sure it's, it means many things for, for many people, but those are like the, the instant uh, visuals that I got. So interested to see what the rest of the album brings. Yeah. I, I think I like the, I like the um, the immersion right away. It's, it feels very nice to to hear. And um, according to Translate, those first two tracks were titled Ratings and Manatee. Um, I don't know if it's ratings or if it's sides. I don't know. Um, we're, we are not French speakers here. So we're going to try our best, all right? We just want to give you the music and then, you know, you can roast us in the in the in, on the Instagram if you need uh, a correction. But <laughs> this next track is titled Vets Perquette, which means... Uh, green parrot.
And that was that tr- uh, that third track, excuse me, uh, entitled Ver Perroque, right? Which which you said means green, green parrot. parrot. Yeah. Okay. Um, straight away, we're we're definitely um, exposed to uh, Fan Fiordo's uh, choices of uh, older older side. Synthesizers, excuse me, can't speak today. Um, which you can, t- uh, you know, you really like hear a lot of, uh, specifically in those pad areas, and um, the main stage being that um, that flute solo that just kind of yeah. goes all over the arpeggiated place. flutes, arpeggiated, just going way up and down the scale. It's going really crazy, and um, I find that woodwind instruments were always the most interesting to listen to. Um, from that area, that era of uh, synthesizers, because you know they were never quite perfect, but they they were enough to get the point across. Yeah, and they're easier to access than a human being, right? For, yeah. for a lot of producers at the time, at least. And um, it's so interesting how it eventually, you know, kind of became this this weird standard of like creating like this this lush sound um, in my head. So like when I'm hearing something like Ver Perroquet, and even like the you know something with the name of this ty- uh, album naming like uh, chameleonic pleasures i always find that when we think of like pleasurable things we're like overindulgence it's always super slow music and everything's like halftime feeling everything feels very much like a slow experience and um very abnormal for, compared to what you you know normally experience in real life and um i find that um van fiordo's choices here musically and also just sound design wise are very very lush very open and keeps us like it it puts us in a weird space of like oh we we know this is um we use this very often to represent like overindulgence and it's almost like a it almost feels like a a warning of sorts if that makes sense and uh, kind of excessive but um also very very tempting um very easy listening as well uh, your thoughts Jarrell? yeah i i think um it's cool the use of retro uh, textures in in a lot of vaporwave music can easily come across as just a nostalgic trip but i always like when artists actually use that as a way to make something completely new and in this case fan fiodo is making an entirely new scene uh scenery with his instruments and i'm not getting nostalgic vibes quite i am actually getting something completely new something that is virtual yes but also a a lush like you said lush and and an escapist kind of uh environment that he's trying to make with it there's an ambience to it there is a uh a concept behind it that is not retro and nostalgic aside from the vintage use of um those synthesizers still very potent as well yes yes and i think if you were to take this arrangement and then use not retro synthesizers i think there would be something lost there and it wouldn't be the nostalgic factor it would be i think just the tone the tonal factor of it and i always like to see that in i think for me a good producer is someone who can elevate the elements into something greater than just the their parts and i think in vaporwave a lot of the times there is a fall into just the trope and into just the parts and just being just the parts, right? There's some albums that just use louder drums and that becomes the song. And there's some artists who actually take all the elements and the tropes and create something extraordinarily different out of it. And I think Fian Fiordo is making something completely new. And I think also just random, the artwork looks freaking awesome. And I, 
am very appreciative of that. And that was indeed a very pleasurable track. So let's go to this next one titled Emperor. That was Emperor. Beautiful percussion in that track. Kind of sounds, at least the melody to me, sounds a little Asian inspired. Um, just with the tone of it. And I, I just remember, you know, back then when it was like super uh, acceptable to call things oriental. You just you would just hear that that sound and that, uh, that melody. It just kind of reminded me of that. It wasn't quite that. It was still pretty cool. But um, it reminded me of that. And... Uh, I don't. I'm not too familiar personally with the percussions of you know the retro synths of that time, but 
for me, what this song evokes is a uh, a type of royalty, a digital royalty. Like we are approaching a a scene of an emperor, you know, someone who was a king, who was atop a pyramid, and we are moving up the stairs to meet this person. And that's just kind of the vibe I get from that track. Uh, what do you think, Brandon? No, oh, no, yeah, hundred percent. In terms of visuals, you you definitely covered a lot of that. Um, it's it's always interesting to hear um, world drums. Um, I, Jarrell and I have talked about this many times before, but um, anytime you hear things that are outside of like the Western, you know, um, like Fan Fiordo's very clearly using different types of scales here, um, and it's 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 just so interesting how those cultures like they they decided like this was our standard of music and this is how we're we're going to base it um most of us are obviously very used to like western scales major minor scales sometimes bluesy stuff but um anything outside of that we consider like oriental or world music yeah um, weird weird way of categorizing stuff but it's yeah yeah. it's like it's like everything that exists outside of that standard yes is is very foreign but um and you know anytime we get to listen to this kind of stuff it's always very interesting um i'm I'm on the same boat as you jarell in terms of like percussive samples i'm not sure how in terms of retro that um that was prominent but um Mm -hmm. i will say um a lot of the guitar styles were very much um very much familiar in terms of um patches that could have potentially been used but um i just think i really like fan fiordo's space that he creates like with the little wood blocks and you just hear that nice reverb space it it, mm-hmm. it makes it it really puts into perspective like what a large castle would be of like a, of an emperor or something like mm-hmm. that so um very strong visuals uh, all all that to say is uh, fan fiordo has very very strong visuals um, but yeah, 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 for sure. Um, let's go to the next one titled Cloud.
And that track was titled, I believe you said Cloud, right, Darrell? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, it's, but the word, I think, is like nuage, nuage or something like that. Um, I don't know. You guys can roast me in the comments. That's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, straight away with this track, we're kind of brought to a more jazz-centric. Love um, it. It moved. It moves genres. I would say a little bit. Um, there was initially like an almost an Asian Asianic feel, um, and then it just kind of carried its way, kind of using the drums as like a nice transitionary. So element. good. Yeah. yeah. Very good. Super light feeling. Um, I know it's cloud, but I imagine like a very very bright night with the moons out no air no light pollution or anything like that yeah and like you're just kind of floating through the night sky type of thing and um i think it's i think what most of that element would had to do with the way that the drums were kind of dancing around with the guitar yeah anytime a guitar yeah. has like a flanger effect on it oh i'm just i'm carrying carrying me away yeah oh, i feel super good your thoughts on that joe yeah do you i wonder if those instruments like the guitar are like done on the synth or are they actually like recorded with the with a, a pedal effect i don't know sometimes uh, sometimes what did, that, did that sound like that to you um it sounded recorded like an actual yeah yeah, yeah i feel like i heard some slight string noise in there but um yeah i could be wrong yeah for me this track felt like gathering around a campfire in the jungle and it is actually a campfire of people with a whole band in it and the band plays jazz and it just felt like we were among nature and there was, but there's still like this cr uh, cool groovy human element to it that felt like modern and it felt interesting to listen to. And I love that ride symbol is right away, just hitting you with the, the nice crisp, clean percussion that just, um, it, it sounds like an actual drum. I think kit. it is. I think it is. Right. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I was thinking like if that was done on an, on like an old synthesizer, if that was done on, on, in a production um like digitally i think that would have been that would have blown my mind if it sounded like that yeah, but it was impressive. beautiful yeah yeah so it would have been um but that is cloud very floaty track very uh freeform track something to get you inspired and creative and this next one is titled caramel
And that track was titled Caramel. That was just my attempt at a French accent. I don't know if that's right. But um, that was a nice night groove, uh, very uh, almost ominous sounding. It is the night and we are camping in this lush jungle of uh, Fan Fierdo's creation, Fiordo's creation, sorry. And we are just on the lookout for any kind of dangers around us, any kind of cheetahs, any kind of wildlife that would, that would ruin us. It has a sense of unsettlingness that was very nice and is making me realize how much range there is track to track on this album. Like you mentioned, like we went from this Asianic track to like this jazz track and now we're doing uh, this almost like a, a, like a, I don't know how to describe this kind of track. I don't have the knowledge to, to really say what it is factually, but it does feel like we are in a state of... Um, in the jungle, you know, state we are exploring. Yes, yeah. there, there's an adventure. There's a danger to be looked out for, and that's what I get from Carmel. What did you think about it? No, I, I thought I thought um, that was pretty much the visual that I saw. Um, I will say, um, I never really under thought, I, or I never really um, knew how like that that almost like spooky dum, 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 sound was made. But I think it's actually a string instrument. Now that I hear it. Uh-huh. But, um, all that to say is this this album, though, you know, may not necessarily feel musically complex, um, where its strengths lie are 100% in the sound design and, and sort of the textures that uh, Fan Fiordo is bringing to the to the record. And I think that's what allows the range to feel so large. Um, yeah. And, and very much the way, you know, he uses drums uh, to kind of bring us from part to part. Um, I, I have an inkling that most of it is actually like real drums played or not. Uh, it could be sampled. I'm not entirely sure, but that mixed with his um, ability to sound design and just, you know, kind of use the synthesizers at, at his, at his, um, at his will is um, what's creating these very vivid textures and vivid um, visuals. So, so to speak. So I'm really enjoying that element of the record so far. Definitely. Okay. Let's go to the second to last track titled. Oops. Pull down English. Okay, <laughs> acute breeze.
that track was titled Acute Breeze. Um, yeah, that brought me back to like Pokemon Mystery Dungeons <laughs> type of feels. I don't know if you ever played that game, Jero, but um, just super cavernous feeling. Yeah. Um, everything just slowly opens up and then gets tight again and opens up and gets tight again um i love what um fans doing with the the synthesizer solo um feels very much like a like an interesting conversation he's trying to tell tell us and explain about whatever painting he's doing but um yeah just the little wood blocks high pitch wood blocks in the distance with all that reverb it's just like water dripping all over and i'm like this cave is getting very bright all of a sudden and super dark and cramped but um Every step of it feels like an adventure, and the the way he they kind of accomplish that with that the the increasing of and shrinking of the reverb is really really yeah. nice touch. Um, your thoughts? On yeah, the spatial manipulation is really cool in that track, and I think I did also picture a cave adventure and having to navigate through it. Like you want to get through it, there's something down there that you got to find, but you don't want to go any deeper because it's so dangerous. But you still have to keep going, and that's just what the emotional uh, beats of that. Um, track felt like to me um yeah that was that was a cute breeze nice uh synth i just gotta say that synth coming in was like was just nice little treat i just love when artists know when to put in a certain texture a certain melody at the right time and that's all over this lp so far and i think that's very much to be appreciated so um we are down to our last track everybody um, before that, I just want to let you all know that we are on Instagram at the Virtual Ocean. Um, I guess like we can do a bit more of a housekeeping at the end of the album, but remember we're at the Virtual Ocean, um, and any donation on Cash App will get your message read on the show. Sorry to our European audiences, we haven't been able to set up a, a payment system for y'all yet. But I guess if you do badly want to donate to us, go ahead and um, message me on there. I'll give you my email, and we can like set something up with uh, PayPal. So that is. Bit of the first housekeeping, the second will come at the end of the episode. But let's finish off this fantastic album with the last track titled Monkey's Ropes. Thank you. 
and that track is titled Monkey's Ropes. Just a beautiful reason for a uh, fan Fjord to just go off on his guitar. Sounds like a beautiful um, Stratocaster, I want to guess. Uh, just by the the high tones of it and the 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 flangier um, ringing of the lower end of that sounded like a Fender to me, and it was just beautiful. Uh, nice way to end the album. A very experimental choice to kind of depart from the motif and the theme of this jungle lush thing into just a stripped down bare uh, guitar uh, track. I mean, there's nothing really else uh, for me that I think that track really did for me. Um, it was not what I expected, um, but it was very welcome. And I think that Fan Fiordo is talented at what he does. And I like the combination of these retro synths and his guitar playing. And uh, I think that there is a, you know, it's an interesting choice. And I'm not going to ever knock someone for making uh, a very interesting choice like that. Uh, what would you think about that one? I I, I agree um, in all regards of that. Um, I think to do the opposite of building, um, most people would fit like a solo into a production. Um, but the production was built sort of just around the playing. So you could definitely tell Fan, uh, you know, as he was, it was probably playing or even writing it, um, he kind of stuck with these specific ideas that he maybe liked the most. And then was like, okay, these elements can then support these ideas, which is, um, which is something you see more often, obviously in like, um, sort of like, uh, violin solos, piano solos type of thing where everything is built around the main instrument. Um, but this is definitely something you can do. I mean, even in vaporwave, um, I think the, the fact that, um, he's just kind of just showing us the chops and the range of, of his musicianship, you know, kind of being a synthesizer king kind of guy yeah. and um, in his own right and um, being able to play guitar. So being a multi-instrumentalist, um, I think that was just a, a nice, fun way to end it. Um, no, no real timing, you know, just kind of finagling on the guitar and then just letting you leave off, not necessarily unsatisfied, just be like, oh, okay. Yeah. This is a nice way to end that, you know? For sure. And yeah, that is the last track of Chameleonic Pleasure as well as let us know what you think about it on Instagram at the Virtual Ocean. Um, just got a couple of housekeeping things, I guess. Um, I guess like we can still talk about this here, Brandon. Um, since I don't think we're going to have like a fireside episode uh, after this. Um, but after this um, episode comes out, there probably won't be another one for a good while. And I think it has to kind of do with um, I guess we can talk, you and I can talk about this like just on air right now, just to um, the experience of doing this podcast, how, as much as we've enjoyed it. Um, I do think there is uh, at the, at a certain point, a cap of what you can say about the, about the vaporwave genre on, on this kind of format, at least in the, in a podcast format where we're doing this month to month. And if there's not really anything else to be said, still having to produce anyway and still having to listen to anyway, I think has led to um, some, I guess like some episodes that have been a bit lower quality in my opinion. And I think last uh, Halloween episode was uh, to me kind of like the, the start of it for me. And I think what happened, um, I think we had an episode that we recorded before this and it was, it was really like rough for me to get through and to kind of speak to it. And I kind of made me think a little bit about um, the, about the virtual ocean uh, and and the almost the the longevity of it and um, yeah, like how have you been feeling this year with with the whole show and where are you at with it right now? Yeah, I mean this was our 
this show was our initial like our initial baby um you know this podcast has gone through so many changes from formatting to you know the the way we wanted to run it um and initially Jarell and i were like yeah let's just go all in on podcasting and kind of figure out what we could do and see what we how we can kind of grow in the space as yeah. you know content creators um because um, at the end of the day you know we wanted to create something that was unique um and as as the music as we listen to and um i feel like as as time has gone on you know we used to go really hardcore almost week to week and then we just started kind of chopping the numbers back down yeah as uh, life just got busy for us you know you ended up moving quite a few times and um you know we made it fit within our lives and um I don't. I don't think it, that's to to really say, you know, just because we may not be doing vaporwave at the capacity that we have done before, it doesn't mean that we don't love it. Still, it's just um, we find that we don't want to listen to a potentially great album and still, you know, say certain things that could have been said or could have been articulated a lot better. Yeah, if that makes sense. And huh. um, I do agree that um, you know there have been moments where it, it can be harder to really articulate how good an idea is or how it makes you feel without um, offering some sort of repetition. Yeah. And, um, our thing is we want things to stay fresh um, because we love podcasting. We love this space. We love you guys and, and, and all the engagement and the consistent numbers that we see um, and the consistent audience that we see on our end. Um, obviously you guys don't get to see those numbers, but you know, you guys are all over the world and, and it makes us, it makes us feel like, okay, if we're going to, keep making something we want to make sure we're keeping it fresh we're keeping it fun um, but still being able to kind of like keep this nice casual um sort of semi-formal tone that we have um and you know that's what i loved about this podcast is it, it's shown me how broad and how big the world of music is even on on us kind of subculture yeah. type of type of vibe you know what i mean it really is a virtual ocean and i think um you know there are many more oceans for us to explore as a team you know? yeah i i think if the way I see it is if we can't live up to the quality or the the drive that we had in the earlier episodes and, and when it was fresh and we're still learning with the audience, if it was, you know, the fact that we, it's going to be harder to keep up with that. I felt like there, there's almost no incentive to, to make new content and just leave what we have as, as what it is. And I think the expectation to constantly create is a very modern thing. It, it's a, it's it's a product of the the modern day content cycle, and I think the way you and I work is, and particularly with this podcast, I don't think we ever wanted to make it about the quantity, uh, and we always wanted to make sure the albums were good. What we were saying about it was cool. There were spontaneous ideas we got in the moment of making it, but at this point, we have been both on the show and off the show have kind of seen what the genre has to offer. The 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 vast complex subgenres of it have become pretty much exposed to us already throughout the course of I mean we've been doing this for like uh, for a few years already four years yeah, yeah four four years and if you think about it the the peak of the vaporwave era from 2011 2012 ish up until like 2016 2017 ish that's around the same time we've been doing the show and we are kind of like you know at vaporwave is at its waning point and we are um, also not really finding anything extraordinarily interesting. Uh, nowadays that um, not not to knock fan yard obviously like um, there are still gems out there but I guess our main point is it's hard for us to be able to maintain fresh commentary which is our role and it's like you know if we're not going to provide um, anything with the 
from our voices in accordance with the album, then these folks are better off just listening to it on their own without us talking about it. So that's kind of where we're at with it. And um, it, it kind of explains why there was, you know, the episode in November came a little bit late. And of course, uh, Brandon and I have been, it's just one of the many projects that we do. Like Brandon is is super prolific right now with um, with a lot of his uh, producing and top lining for some of his clients. And I've been uh, quickly working on like a novel, just like, writing that thing to hell right now and um the time the time and the commitment and the quality of this is not um is getting a lot harder for us and i think in the future it would be nice to maybe even start uh maybe a different podcast that's not even music related more about more general about what we do and not have that be something we do every single week or every single month maybe just something we do infrequently to kind of release us from the chains of having to um, release something on a schedule and we might even a- apply that to this podcast where um, we might have a spontaneous feeling hey let's just do some vaporwave right now we'll, we'll release it in a few months um, but yeah as you can see this year we we cut down to once per month and i think in the, the upcoming year um, you know we'll just we'll see you when we see you is kind of uh, where we're at with it and i think uh, it's to us the the, the need to want to uh, make this frequently for the sake of numbers and stuff it's it's never really mattered to us and i don't think um compromising our schedules and and making time for content that we content that we don't think is is uh worthy of of our uh output um for that for the numbers is is not something we're we're trying to do so um that's kind of where we're at um with the closing thoughts on on this on this uh, year, on this season of of the virtual ocean, um, did you have anything else to add, Brandon? No, no. I think you hit most of uh, of what we've been feeling over over the past, you know, um, few few months. I would say, um, and you know, it's not to discredit, you know, what vaporwave is because it's still a wonderful, in my opinion, a very very wonderful um, uh, medium and uh, of creation. And um, again, it's it's more at the end of the day, if we're going to do commentary, we want to be able to do the work justice and. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't necessarily mean Joel and I will disappear from the podcast space forever. Um, mm. And we've met some of you guys, um, you know, in in either virtually or even like in person. And um, you know, the the love that we get in terms of feedback is is really great, and the community is very fantastic. I mean, that show that you and I went to was was something else. I will yeah, say, yeah, the live April um, show this yeah, year, yeah, yeah. So um, we're we're always going to have a special place in our hearts for vaporwave. It's just when we do it, we want to feel like we're bringing something fresh, bringing something new and Mm -hmm. something that is of quality because really at the end of the day, when you listen to music, right, you want to listen to it uninterrupted. So as Joel was saying, we want to make sure that if we're going to interrupt your listening, we want it to be nice commentary. Exactly. Exactly. And we, you know, we don't want to do this out of like an obligation. And that's what it started feeling like in these past couple episodes, you know, the Halloween episode was like for us, uh, for me, uh, at least it was, was a huge, like for, for a, a while after we dropped that, I was just like, I can't believe we, we like, <laughs> I can't believe I, I was okay with dropping that. And, you know, afterwards I, I was looking for, um, albums and I, I found the genre of which, uh, which house, and I was like, fuck, these are just, this whole genre would have been perfect for that Halloween episode. But because I felt an obligation that, oh, it has to be a Vaporwave Halloween episode. I was looking for Vaporwave Halloween records. And, right. you know, it it just wasn't one that fit for for what we wanted to say about it. Um, and I think that's how it's going with a lot of these albums now. It's like we're listening to it and it's just a vibe, right? Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with um, that anymore. And it's just 
because it's a vibe, our commentary just feels like every time we have to talk about it, it's going to be, um, I hope they don't hate us for like cutting off the, the album. And yeah. I would think about that a lot. It's like we break the train of thought, if that makes sense. The, mm-hmm. the, the flow and the whole, yeah. whole, whole feeling of it all. But um, all that yeah, to yeah. say, you know, Jarell and I have learned a lot in terms of how to artic- properly articulate ideas. I for sure have. Yeah. And um, sort of how, you know, to present an idea that, that feels welcoming and that feels like constructive in the sense that, um, you know, this is what I think. And this is how I feel like, you know, you yeah. could pot- potentially interpret it. So, um, you know, it's not our last rodeo in terms of um, podcasting, but yeah. um, we are going to take some time to think about what we want to do, how we want to do it, and hopefully be better creators because of it. Yeah, and and of course, like, so thankful for uh, for y'all for even, like, consistently listening to us. 100%. Of course, our episodes are always going to exist, and we always made them in a way where, like, if you're listening to them, they should be able to be listened to, like, in the future. We try to feature-proof them. And, you know, it, it, that's why I feel like the, the obligation to constantly create and then make, make something new, um, is, uh, not what I want to bring to, to this brand and to this, uh, podcast. I want every episode to feel like its own thing. And yeah, so that's, that's kind of where we're at. So we are, we'll probably see you not for a while, but we're always going to be online at the virtual ocean. We're always going to be with you with our, our past episodes and, um, when we do drop a new episode in in the future, whenever that will be, um, you know, you'll see it. We'll, you'll be the first to know it, and we'll just take off everywhere. But um, as of right now, uh, we we have a lot on our plate, and um, we are going to be sailing for a while. Going to be sailing off for a while. So thank you for listening to this album. Shout out to Fan Fiordo, and hope you enjoyed Chameleonic Pleasures. My name is Jarrell, and that's Brandon. And this is a virtual ocean. We are heading back to our ship and going to set sail. And I will see you again in the next album, whenever that may be. Bye, everyone. Raise the davit. Get these folks on board. How are we looking today, sir? Skies are clear and the ocean vast. I think, I, I think, I think we should go where our hearts take us. <laughs>